0: Uh, I, I've just had a great time uh, seeing what God is doing throughout the world and also just spending some time uh, working on my own life. Just seeing what God wants to do in my life and how he wants to help lead this church and how he wants to move and transform and, and shape us as a community of believers. And so, man, I was coming back here and uh, we, are getting ready to, we were going to get ready to start a Christmas series. And uh, I just saw that God was doing a lot of things in my life. Anybody have ever had one of those times where God all of a sudden just changes plans? Am I the only one? Okay, so there's like 12 of you as well. For the rest of you guys, let me just give you some insight right now. God is gonna change some plans in your life, all right? He's gonna mess some junk up. He's gonna switch some things around and, uh, and God just started switching some things around and so we're gonna come back and we're gonna start this awesome Christmas series here in like a week and, and God was like, man, that's not what people need right now. They know enough about Christmas. Uh, they don't really need any more Christmas. You guys all know about Christmas, right? You guys have heard that story once or twice, does anybody is anybody awake here? Do, was there coffee out there? Did did you all miss that? You, okay, here's the deal. Next week, I need you to grab a cup of coffee and and like just chug it before you come in here, so we get some activity going on. So, uh, I need you guys. Man, you guys need some more energy or something, or maybe I need to drink less coffee. I don't know what it is, but somebody needs something in here. But. Uh, so God just started changing some things, and I just started thinking about my life, and I started thinking about a lot of other people's lives and what was going on. And, and I don't know about you guys, but I've seemed to find out that I live my life most of the time in the extremes. Anybody else like that out there? Man, we live in the extremes, and an extreme is, is normal for us. I mean, we see extreme everywhere. Anybody out there watching some extreme sports? Anybody like the X Games, man, I love X Games. Anybody like UFC, that's pretty freaking extreme, man. People pounding each other's faces in. That's what I call extreme. And so, like, I love extreme sports, man. They're so exciting because people are living on the edge. And for some reason, we are all attracted to that, aren't we? We like to see people living on the edge of life saying, man, what is going to happen next? And, and so, man, I love it when those things come on TV. In fact, every time I think about it, I think about this one particular extreme sport clip then I want to show you guys real quick. If you guys want to turn your attention to the screen for this this clip, 540, and uh, if he hits that, he's got his backup plan covered. It's 720. Oh, he's gone! Oh, me? Oh oh oh, oh, oh. oh, 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 my God! Oh oh, my God. oh man, that was that was the heaviest slam we've ever seen. Oh my God! Pretty extreme, huh? It's the same reaction. But you know, the cool thing about uh, DVRs today is that you can just rewind that, watch it over and over again. Because I don't know, there's just something about it. Like I can't get that picture out of my mind. I've watched that 27 times this week, just thinking about like speaking. And I keep going back to it. And I rewind it. I know all the women are thinking, oh, I wonder what's happening with his family and what's happening. The kids, if the, did he die? No, he just was in like the hospital for two years. So, I mean, he was okay. Um, there's something about watching that, though, that is so entertaining because we love to watch people put, push life to the, to the limits. I mean, that's why I love, like, the TV show Swamp People, man. If, if you guys were here last week, you met my pastor, Randy. He's from Louisiana, and the people on Swamp People, that's his family. They all are, like, there, you know, they don't speak right, they don't do those things. But what they do is, man, they go catch alligators. That's extreme to me. It's like the guys that, you know, we have the show Fear Factor coming back on TV. Anybody excited? about seeing some people lay in a pile of snakes, like how many snakes can you put on you? That is extreme. Like most of us would freak out and get bit by snakes, but man, people love to live by the edge and we want to see that stuff. We want to experience that. And, and those types of shows and, and videos like that on YouTube, man, they take life to the edge, to the place where there's no room for margin. And when they they do mess up just a little bit, Man, the, the same thing with living on the edge. There's, there's some repercussions that are pretty edgy, just like that guy experienced right there. Man, the repercussions of jumping off and not controlling that skateboard cost him something to that. And, and for some reason, I don't know why, but all of us, when we see that, we're like, man, I'd like to try that. I'd like to do that. I just, I just want to see what that's like. I mean, I know that I have that experience all the time. For some reason, I want to live on that edge. And I'll never forget when I was 17 years old, my parents loved self-help seminars. They loved sending us to John Maxwell stuff and, and all these different people. And one time they were like, man, Tony Robbins is coming to Miami. We need to go to this Tony Robbins seminar. Anybody ever heard of Tony Robbins? He's like the six foot nine leadership motivational speaker guru guy. And so like my parents brought me there and they told us the first night, split up so you're not around anybody you know. And I'm like, this is kind of weird. I'm 17. I'm with my parents in a like 4,000 and other people that I have no idea who they are. So I went and split up and I found the prettiest girl that I could find and sat next to her. I was like, I'll think this will be a good seat for the seminar. You know, I'll learn something. And, uh, and so we're going through and they're hyping us up and, you know, they're getting you all jazzed up and excited, like into just a frenzy. And then they're like, everybody run outside out back. And all of a sudden these, these big garage doors opened up and I take off out back. Cause I'm like, man, something good is about to happen. I want to make sure I can see it. And I get out there and this girl is right behind me. I'm like, this is awesome. She's actually following me. I might have a chance, you know? And, and so I get out there and I get to the front of this line and, and out before us, they have the entire parking lot lined with hot coals. They had started a fire out there, and they just spread the coals out over the entire parking lot. And they had 20 yards of it set up, and they said, you know what? Man, your mind is incredible in what it can do. And what we want you to do is we want you to walk across these hot coals. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, I ain't doing that. You got to be stupid to walk across hot coals. Hot coals on bare feet do not go well. Anybody? Can I get an amen there? That means burn feet. And so I'm like, man, I can't do this. And I started to turn around and I realized this girl was behind me. And so of course I got to look tough and cool and try to do this, you know, because backing out of that is going to give me no game whatsoever. Okay. I'm single at the time. So don't everybody like go tell TJ was trying to pick up some girl at 17. Yes, yeah, she knows. Okay. I tried to pick her up too. It, it didn't work out very well. And so, man, they say, okay, this is what we want you to do, man. We want you to to live on the edge of the extreme, man. And we want you to think about cool moss and walk across these coals. And so I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll give it a try. And I walked across these coals, and I was saying, cool moss, cool moss, cool moss. I get to the other side, man, and I wipe my feet, and my feet did not get burnt. And I'm like, living on the edge is freaking awesome. But you know what? About half the people, they burned the crap out of their feet, that's that's funny to people that haven't had their feet burned. So, uh, <laughs> but for most of us, the real world we live in, you know, living our lives to the extreme and is is really not that exciting. It's really, really not that exciting. There's not it's not that exciting to people who live on the extreme in their finances and are living paycheck to paycheck and wondering how am I going to make it through this week or this day? How am I gonna make one more meal? It's not very exciting for those that are living on the extreme in the relationship where they know that one single thing can snap and all of a sudden that marriage is gonna go down the drain. It's not, that ex- it's not that fun living on the extreme morally as a teenager and you're in that relationship and they're pressuring you to have sex and you're like, man, what am I gonna do here? It's not a very comfortable place and yet so many of us live that way. It's not very fun living to the extreme in our schedules to where if we're late to a meeting, we're gonna snap and we're gonna lose it because we have no margin in our lives. And we're wondering, how do I build some boundaries? How do I build some borders? And, there's, and this thing is just continuously, our culture is just continuously pushing us to wanna to live to the extreme, to wanna to live on the edge of where we're on the verge of just losing it in life. And what happens is it's because we have no room for margin. We're on the verge of disaster in our lives. We're on the verge of disaster emotionally, man, we just don't know if we can take any more of the edge than what we're looking at. Some of us are on that place relationally. And over the next couple of weeks, man, I really want to dive in and say, how do we build some margin in our life? How do we build some balance in our lives so that we can make sure we're not living on the edge of life? We're not living on where if we make one wrong step, man, we're over the edge. But how do we take a couple of steps back so that there's some space between where we currently, where we should be, and where the edge of is? Of life is that will take us to that extreme. And even though culture pushes us to those edges, man, we got we to gotta figure out how do we move that back? How do we gain margin? And what is margin? I mean, because that's a thing that so many of us don't even get. I don't know about you guys, but I love to read books. And good, well-written books have this white space around all the content. You know what that's called? It's called margin. I don't know if you've ever read a book that doesn't have margins around it, but it's very difficult to read. Margin is when you're getting on the highway and, and there's a, an on-ramp lane so that you have time to speed up to get into the lane. That's called margin. It gives us some opportunity to have some space between where we are and where we, couldn't, where we need to be. It's, it's like going on a plane trip. It's getting to that place where, you know, when I was flying over to Africa a couple of weeks ago, there's, there's first class where there's lots of space. That's called margin. And then there's economy class where the, most of us live where there's no space at all. That's called no margin. And I don't know about you, but a 15-hour flight with no margin is one of the worst experiences in your life. And so you're always looking for margin. Margin is that space when you're talking to somebody where they give you some space in between. They're not all up in your face. We all love that kind of margin in life. And God is saying, man, margin is the space between our current performance, what we're currently doing, and our limits, If you're taking notes, man, it's a space between our current performance and our limits. It's like running a race, man. Most of us, when we run in a race, man, we want to take off and we want to have a sprint. But what happens when you sprint, man, you run out of steam really fast. But instead, if you're running a race, man, you pace yourself. You don't go at your, your extreme limit. When you're on your way to an appointment, you give yourself some time so you're not rushing there, so that there's some space between when you need to be there and when you've left, so you're not in that spot. It's getting to the end of the month and having some money left over. So if a crisis comes about or a car breaks down or a kid needs something, there's some, some space there. It's having that extra in your schedule so that you, when you're running late, you know what, it's not going to end bad because I have that. Because what happens is when margin goes down in our lives, our stress levels go so far up. I don't know about you, but when I'm running late for an appointment, man, I start to freak out. I'm sitting there, I'm driving, I'm trying to get to that place, and all of a sudden I'm looking at the clock. And as I'm looking at the co- clock, and those minutes are ticking closer and closer to the time that I have to be somewhere, man, I start going into freak out mode because my stress levels up, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to be late. They're not going to like that. And all of a sudden, this year just gets so tense because of the stress that's there. Those of you guys that keep checkbooks at home, you understand this. As there starts, the money starts to dwindle, and you you start to see things coming in, you, the, the stress level starts to come up because there's less and less margin. What happens in a dating relationship when when you're dating somebody, maybe you're a teenager, maybe you're an adult and and you've decided, man, I wanna save myself and I wanna be pure for marriage and I wanna have a a healthy relationship and all of a sudden, that person starts pressuring you to do things and, and go further than you wanna go in that relationship, all of a sudden, the tension and the stress levels start to go up because when margin is depleted, our stress levels start to escalate. What else happens is that our focus narrows our focus narrows when those stress, when, when margin starts to do that. I don't know about you, but if you've ever had a project at work and all of a sudden the deadline's coming on Monday and it's the weekend, what happens? All of a sudden, you don't care what else is happening that weekend, man. You're going to lock yourself in a room and you're going to say, man, I've got to get this project finished, man. I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And nothing else matters. It doesn't matter that your kids have a game or it's your, it's your spouse's birthday because you've got a project to finish. And all of a sudden you're there and you're just looking at that project. And that's the only thing you can see. Same thing in your finances, man. All of a sudden some bills come in and you don't know how you're going to pay them and you are freaking out. All you can think about is how am I going to take care of this bill that's coming in? Your focus is so narrowed. And I've seen this so many times with people that, that are building a house and they still have a house to sell, and they're they're all they can think about, man, is I'm building this house and how am I gonna pay for this house when when I still got this one and all I gotta do is sell this house, and all they can think about is selling their old house so they can move into their new one, and the stress levels are going up and their focus is so narrowed. But more than anything, what happens is our relationships suffer. When margin decreases, when margin goes down, our relationships suffer. Because this is the reality is our relationships, the health of our relationships, they happen in the margin of life. They happen in the margins. And as margin decreases, man, our relationships suffer so bad. And when your margin starts to decrease, man, the relationships in your life, they seem to, they seem to be pushed out. You know, you go on vacation, and, and if you've ever been on vacation with a spouse that, that has a l- l- little margin in their life, man, all of a sudden, they're there, but they're not really there. Some of you guys know what that's like at home. When your spouse, it, 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 they're home, but they're not really engaged in what's happening in the family life, and it messes up the relationships, and many people don't even know that they're really there. They don't know how to get out of it. And all they're seeing is they're seeing all these things happen in their life. They're seeing all their relationships starting to crumble because their stress has gone up. Their focus has narrowed. And all of a sudden, because they're focusing on the things, that that space that they should have that they don't have, all of a sudden, man, they can't focus on the things that are most important in life. And when we live without margin, man, our society challenges us and continually pushes us to squeeze as much out of our life as possible. Everywhere you look, everything you see, man, it's telling you, squeeze just a little bit more. You can do just a little bit more. You know, I ask myself this all the time: Why can't we just spend less money? Why can't we sell that that car with a major payment and go buy a vehicle that w- is affordable to us, that we can pay cash for and not have that additional stress? Why don't we say no to things that that completely fill our schedule? Why don't we say no to those things so that we can have some margin in our relational lives? Why don't we, when we get into relationship, why don't we establish those boundaries morally so that when we get into those situations, we don't end up having to make a decision about whether we're going to have sex in the backseat of a but we've made that decision way ahead of time, so we never get in the backseat of a car. Why don't we do those things? I think because there's a couple things, man. We have this fear of missing out on something. Then we have this fear that we're going to miss out. We're so worried about missing out in life and our attempts to get the most out of our life, then we end up having a life that doesn't really have any focus in life. Because we're afraid that, man, I've got to be a part of everything. I've got to do everything, and we end up missing out on the things that matter most. I see this all the time in my family. My sister, she has two kids. She has a little girl and a little boy. And because she wants to make sure that, man, those kids have every opportunity that she never had, man, they're in, her daughter plays in three soccer leagues all at the same time. Her son is playing football and he's, and he's doing batting cage practice and he's got guitar lessons and they have, their schedule is so crazy. All of their kids have iPhones so they can have calendars so they can keep up with what's going on. And they're so busy trying to make sure that they have every experience in life that they're having no experience whatsoever. Because they have this fear that they're going to miss out on something. And because her, those kids' schedules are so crazy, they impose on hers. And right now, she has no relationship with her husband. Because it dictates the schedule of their life. Because they have this fear that, man, their kids are going to miss out on something. And some of you guys are going through life right now and you think, man, I'm going to miss out on something. So I got to be here. I got to do that. I can't. I, if they're going out to eat, I better go out to eat with them because I couldn't possibly miss that meal because they might say something that I need to hear. And that's going to be really important in my life. And you're trying to keep up with everything else. We also have this fear of falling behind, we're afraid of falling behind in our careers. And so therefore, man, we're, we're making sure that we're at every single seminar, we're at every single thing so that we can get another notch on our diploma, so we can get another degree, so that we can make sure that nobody else is getting ahead of us. And we have more opportunities for things than we've ever had before, but yet we have less time to, to, to jump on those opportunities because we're so busy doing other things. I mean, we saw this a couple of years ago. We had this fear of falling behind in the housing boom. We saw people that were getting rich buying houses and selling them. Anybody see that around here? A couple of people saw that. Maybe you experienced that. And so you saw your neighbor, man, he just bought a house and sold it and made $50,000. And now he's buying another one and he's selling the house that he's in. And man, I better keep up with him. So you went out and you started buying houses. And what happened? It all came crashing down, didn't it? Because we had this fear of falling behind. Man, we weren't gonna keep up with the Joneses. Do you know that today, in the world today, there's more money than there ever has been, but yet we're living with less than we ever have? Because we got so caught up with living with the the Joneses and keeping up with them that we lost everything that mattered. Because we were risking and we were taking chances that we should have never taken because we had this fear. Fear of not keeping up. And I've had this in my life. I mean, I've, I've done this in, 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 and I've done it mostly in, in, in sports and activities. Fear of not keeping up. Man, I was running a 5K one time. And uh, I'm not a runner. You can tell by my body type. Um, I don't really like exercise. I like exercising with my hand to my mouth, eating food. And, uh, and so I decided I was going to run a 5K one time. One time. That's it. One time. And, uh, and so I, I trained for this. I ran on a treadmill for like three months. And I was like, man, I've got this. And I got out there and I started running this 5K. And, and I'd paced myself on a treadmill at eight minute miles. Well, my first mile in this 5K, I was paced at like a 530 minute. Uh, five minutes and 30 second mile because I saw what everybody else was running at. The guy that was like from Kenya ahead of me that I was trying to keep up with. And uh, I saw him take off and I'm like, I'm keeping pace with him. And so I started running with him. That didn't work out very well. So I fell back to the next guy and uh, to the next guy. And man, I'm just trying to keep pace with people because I don't want to fall behind. I mean, I'm a winner. I'll win things, you know? And so, and I'm like, man, if I'm going to win, I got to keep pace. And so I'm running with these people. But by the time I get a little bit further along, I'm dying because I've been trying to keep pace with these people. And finally, man, it's, we're at about a quarter mile left. And I see this elderly gentleman, probably in his 70s, with wearing two knee braces. And uh, he is a little bit ahead of me. And I'm like, there is no way a 70-something-year-old dude <laughs> is going to beat me. I mean, that just, that just isn't cool. I mean, I'm, I'm a 20-something. I should be able to kill this guy. And, uh, and so I take off in a full-out sprint. With a quarter mile left and and he sees me as i start to pass him and he starts sprinting too and i'm like where the heck did this this is like the bionic man or something and and he's keeping pace with me. And I'm like, there is no way. And, and man, I just push myself a little bit further because there's no way I'm falling behind. There's no way I'm going to lose to a 70 something year old dude and, um, with bad knees. And so we get to about where the finish line is from that exit sign to that wall there. And I'm pushing myself as hard as possible. And I've built a little bit of a lead. But all of a sudden, because I had this fear of falling behind, I've exerted everything to the extreme that I possibly can. And my body starts to say, we can't do this anymore. And when your body starts to say you can't do this anymore, what that means is you're gonna throw up everywhere. And so um, I start throwing up everywhere. And when you start throwing up, you have to stop. And, and I don't know if you've ever been in a 5K race, but everybody stands at the finish line. And so about 30 meters from the finish line, I'm standing on the side of the road, throwing up everywhere as the old guy passes me, the lady in the wheelchair, or not in the wheelchair, but <laughs> <laughs> there might've been a lady in a wheelchair. I don't know, I was throwing up. Lady with a stroller with a double stroller with the kids in it, she runs by me. I'm like, man, I'm getting killed here, but I'm throwing up because, man, I try to keep up with everybody else. I have this fear of falling behind. And so many times we have this fear of falling behind, and it makes us live our life with no marching. But more than anything, I, I, maybe this one is just for me, but we also have this fear of our life not counting. We have this fear of our life not counting. We think, man, we're going to get to the end of our life, and, and man, people won't be able to say, man, they made a great contribution. Man, they made a huge difference. And so what we do is, man, the only way that we're going to matter in life is we got to do, we got to do, we got to do. And so we are just continuously doing, thinking that that is going to gain significance. And we want, we want people, when they come at the end of our lives, as, as we're in our coffins, we want them to come and say, you know what, they made a huge difference. And not walk away and forget about us 10 minutes later. I don't know about y'all, but I want them to say at my coffin, I think he's moving. That's just my, my thought. So that would be significant. You guys can listen to the podcast and maybe you'll get that. I don't know. But we think because our life is so full of things that that's going to equal significance. We think that that's going to equal our life counting for something. And listen, when we allow the margin in our life to shrink, when we allow it to surround us and consume us so that we have no room for error in our finances, in our relationships, in our calendars, in our our family life, that is never going to make your life count for anything. It's never going to make your life count. And we live at the extremes of our limits so that we can try to make our life be all that it can be. And so many times, man, we just think that one day I'm going to get to that place. I'm going to get to that place, and it's going to be that moment where all of a sudden everything is going to be perfect, where everything is going to work out, and all of a sudden life is going to completely make sense. And I finally achieved, and I finally gotten to that place. And let me just tell you there is no place like that. In trying to max out your schedule, that place, you're never going to find it in the extremes. You're never going to find it in a life without margin. In fact, a recent CNN poll said this. It revealed that 69% of Americans said, I would like to slow down. I would like more time to relax. In Time Magazine's cover article, Stress, Anxiety, and Depression, the author calls our condition the 21st century blues. We are over-involved and stressed out, and as a nation, we are driving ourselves at an increasingly frenzied rate that is pushing us over the edge. And they say, we are trying to live out our dreams and finding ourselves living in a nightmare. We're trying to live out all these dreams that were never really our dreams, but it's what culture is telling us all the time. This is what your dream should be. This is what your life should be about. This is significance. And and that is the complete opposite. And what God says in all this is he says, man, y'all need to step away from the edge. You need to step away from the extremes. Because as margin goes down, so does our our relationship with God goes down. As their margin is squeezed out of our life, our relationship with God gets squeezed out of our life as well. Because I've never heard anybody say, man, I, I, you know, I just didn't have, uh, I had so much time that I couldn't spend with God. What do people say? Man, I got so busy that God got pushed to the side that God got pushed out of the way. Man, I didn't have time to, to spend that time with him in the morning. Man, I didn't have that time to do the things that I was doing that made me successful in that relationship. People say all the time, man, I used to be a Christian. I used to, I used to serve God, but then, man, my schedule, just got hectic. And I started cutting out small group and I started cutting out going to church and I started cutting out having some prayer time with God. I started cutting out reading my Bible and all of a sudden I found myself in a place that I never thought I would end up in. Because the margin in life got squeezed out. And Ecclesiastes 7, 18 says, It is good to grasp the one and not let go of the other. The man who fears God will avoid all extremes. So many times we're grasping for so many things in life that in order to grasp those things, in order to hold on to all those dreams that we're told that we got to hold on to, you know what we have to let go of? We have to let go of God. And God says, man, that is not the way to live. It's not the way to live. The, the most important thing you can hold on to is me. And so over the next couple of weeks, I want to help us begin to, to realize how do we live life with margin? And I want to help us start today. And so the place that I think we got we to begin in, in, in getting balance in our life is we got to dis- discover God's purpose for our lives. We've got to discover God's purpose for our lives. And I know as this series goes on, I know what people are going to say. TJ, man, you know, that's awesome. We understand that you work like one day a week. And so you have plenty of time to do that stuff. I mean, really, what do you do? You read your Bible and drink coffee. I mean, come on, how hard is that? You know, but I'm serious. There is a little bit more to it than that. But... You know, people think, man, my schedule is so crazy. My schedule is so hectic. You know, I'm a single mom. Uh, I've got two kids. How am I going to spend time and figure out what my purpose is? Let me just tell you something. Man, living a life without purpose is not a life worth living. And so I think that if we're going to figure out how to build margin in our lives, we've got to discover what are the important things in life and what does God care about for our lives? What does he want for our lives? Because this is the thing. People are so busy, but it amazes me when something tragic in life happens to a friend or a family member, how all of a sudden that person, the things that were so busy in their life seem so insignificant now, and now they're focusing on the things that matter most. It's so amazing to me that when tragedy takes place, all of a sudden our focus on what we thought was important isn't really important anymore, but the things that are important we start focusing on. And it's time for us to to not allow ourselves to get to a place where we're losing our marriage for all of a sudden to click and realize, man, my marriage is important to me. Why not start focusing on it now? Why not start realizing the purpose and the plan that God has for your life? And what does that look like for you? And what are the things that he says about you in your life, rather than what society says and what they drive you to and what they push you to? Because with his plan is a lot better than the world's plan. And his plan is gonna bring balance, it's gonna bring life, it's gonna bring freedom, it's gonna bring some breathing room so that we're not pushed to the edge of where we are. And in Luke 17, it says this, if you grasp and cling to your life on your terms, you'll lose it. But if you let that life go, you'll get life on God's terms. God's saying, man, I know what you could get if you live life the way you wanna live. I know what you could get. You know what? I know what you could, you could do if you spend all your money. Man, you can spend all your money and I know exactly what the life you're gonna get is. But here's the deal, man, if you trust me and do my way, money my way, it's a totally different life. Listen, man, I, I know what you could do if, if you worked all the time and you were a workaholic, man, what you could accomplish. But I also know all the things that you'd be missing out on. And those things that you'd be missing out on are so much more important. And I know that there's a way that you can live your life, but I have a way that is a lot better and a lot more productive. And this is the thing, the way that you wanna live your life, you know what, you're gonna end up losing it. But if you live life my way, man, you're gonna find a life that you have always dreamed of. And we've gotta start looking and saying, God, how do you want me to live? Because this is what Jesus said. He said, come to me, all of you who are weary and without margin, and I will give you rest. Some of you guys are worn out right now because you're trying to live your life to the extreme, trying to accomplish everything that you can in life. And God is saying, you know what? You need to step back from that and come to me. And I'll give you something that you have not been able to find in all that stuff. And that's rest. He also said, man, God, God said this, man, it's his purpose to live our life in balance. Not to that extreme. That's why he said, man, work six days and rest on the seventh have a sabbath that's why he said you know in jewish customs it was it was important for them to to give 10% to god give 10% to the poor and live on the rest because there was balance in that he said man you'll work your fields for 6 years and on the 7th year you'll give them a rest You won't work them that year because he realized, man, there's got to be some balance in life. We can't live to the extremes. Otherwise, we get depleted. And so we've got to understand God's purpose, but then we've got to establish priorities. We've got to establish priorities in life. And when when I'm talking about establishing priorities, I'm not talking about establishing the good from the bad. I'm talking about establishing the good compared to the best because, listen, there's lots of good things to do in life. I mean, we would all agree that there are, there are a lot of good things that are out there, man. I think all of us should be doing a lot of different things. But we got to know what's best for our lives because so many times there's a lot of priorities that are out there that shouldn't be our priorities, but there are some that, that should be, man. I mean, God should definitely be a priority in our life. I mean, our, 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 our kids should probably be a priority in our life if you have kids. If you don't have kids, they're probably not a priority right now. You know, uh, for a lot of us, our friends, that should be a pretty big priority in life. Um, how about, how about an education? I know for a lot of people, education is very important to them. Maybe that's a priority in your life. Maybe you're in school right now. Some, some other of you, maybe your career is really important to you right now. That's a big thing. We spend, you know, a third of our life in our job. That's a pretty big deal. Those are important things. How about how about our spouse. If you're married, this is a really important one. If you're not married, this is probably even more important to you for some reason. So uh, future spouse. But what happens in life is we get so busy living on the extremes that all of a sudden the extremes have filled up our lives and we're trying to keep, we're trying to fit all these things in our lives. And you know what? They don't all fit. And so we're living life on the edge. And what happens when, when things are outside the bucket of life? They end up crashing, right? They end up crashing because anything, anything that happens, one little knock and all of a sudden this is falling over. And you know what happens to all of those things that we thought were priorities? They're at the bottom. They fall out and they crash and they get broken. And God is saying, you know what? We need to establish some right priorities. And that, you know what that means? That means putting the big rocks in your life first. It means taking it out and saying, you know what? Man, my friends are really important to me. You know what? I'm going to put them into my life first. I'm going to build my life around this. Man, you know what? God is is the most important thing in my life. I'm going to build my life around that. And so I've got my God and friends in there, man. I think I can go. And then then I'm going to put my education in there because I want to make sure that, that I'm, I'm smart and not stupid. And then I want to... I want to get married because now that I'm smart, I might actually be able to find somebody that would work well with me. And so, man, that's, that's going to be awesome. And then I'm going to start a career and, and that's going to fit in there really nice. And then I'm going to get some kids after I found a spouse. And, and man, all those things, you know what? All of a sudden, when this rocks, they're not going anywhere. Because we've, we've built our lives on the priorities about the things that matter most first. And then we can start to fill in our life with the other things. We can start to say... Oh, you know what? I wanna go out and I wanna buy a boat. Oh, that fits in my life now. Oh, you know, whatever, whatever you wanna do, all of a sudden the things that didn't fit before, when the big rocks go in first, they all of a sudden they start to fit. But so many of us are doing it the opposite way. We're putting all the small things in first and we're saying, man, I wanna, I wanna run after this, this thing and I wanna run after that thing and I wanna do that. And all of a sudden, the things that should matter most in our lives don't matter at all or they don't fit in our, in our lives and we try to jam them in there, but they just don't make it. But here's what I know. You can't say no to things until you first know what your purpose is. It's hard to say no to that thing if you don't know if that's what God wants for your life. But as we start to discover those things, and when we start to prioritize those things, all of a sudden we'll see our priorities in life change. And that's what's been happening to me over the last couple of months. It's, it's part of the reason why I took the last month off because I realized that, man, my priorities had gotten way out of whack. I realized that, man, I, I've, I, I, I love God and I love church and I love ministry, but you know what? The order of those things had gotten way out of whack. And I was on the verge of, 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 of a meltdown. And my my overseers, the overseers of the church saw what was happening and they because I have the tendency to work all the time I'm a workaholic I love to work if I can sit at home I would like to work if I can if I can talk on the phone to one more person man I'd love to talk on the phone with them if I can send one more email man I will send that email all day long. I don't care I love what I do and so therefore what I did was consuming my life and it put everything else on the back burner. My career was more important than, than my spouse my career was more important than my relationship with God, and all of a sudden, that thing got out of whack, and and they started realizing it, and I started realizing it, and we said, you know what? I need to take a step back and reprioritize my life. And what happened is because I was more consumed with with what I was doing than who I was, I lost compassion for people. I lost love for, for just worshiping God all for Him. And before long, I, I ended up going on a trip to Africa to, to go see how the majority of the people live in the world. And I was there and I was doing some stuff. And, and uh, I, w- I remember I was out in this village and I was with all these other pastors and these kids were telling their stories about how they were being fed in some feeding camps that our church supports there and, and how they were being educated and how their lives were being transformed and how Jesus was changing their hearts. And, and man, everybody around me was bawling their eyes out except for me because I lost compassion. The busyness of life, the extreme head of life had torn out the very thing of why I was doing what I was doing is because I loved people and all of a sudden my love for people was gone. And I remembered going back to my room that night and sitting before God and saying, you know what? I'm gonna give this all up if I can't feel again. I'm gonna give it all up because you know what? This is cool, but if my priorities are messed up and it's not about people, then it's not worth doing. And God started changing my heart and started changing my life. And he said, you know what, TJ? It's time for you to gain balance in your life. And so that means that your life is gonna have to change and some of those priorities are gonna change. And so when people call you at 10 o'clock at night, you know what? You're not gonna answer the phone anymore because you know what? That's your time for your spouse. And when you're up early in the morning and that's time for me, you're not going to send emails. You're going to spend time with me. And what it came down to was was me sitting down and starting to reprioritize my life and my calendar and saying, you know what, God, this is yours. This time is yours. And I'm going to put it in my calendar. This time is time. This is date night with my spouse because that's what matters to me. My wife is more important than my career. You know what? And this is the time for church. And this is the time for people. And I started reprioritizing my life and saying, these are the things that matter most. And I want to make sure that those areas prosper before other things do, before I start adding all this other stuff in, that God and my wife and those things are there first. Because this is what Third John 2 says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. You know what? And it's so important to me that our soul as individuals and as a church prospers more than anything else. And when we get that aspect right, when we realize that, then man, we got to surround ourselves with the things that matter most to the heart of God, and we get those things in, in prioritize, then you know what else? It says everything else will prosper with that. But so many times we're trying to make everything else prosper. And when I get to that place and when I get all worked up and I have everything, then I'm going to take God and make him a part of my life. And God's saying, my way is the exact opposite of that. And man, we need to start doing that first. That's why Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. It's putting God first in your life. why The apostle Paul said, this one thing I do, not 17 things, one thing forgetting what is behind me. man, the past doesn't matter, but I'm gonna strive after Jesus. That's exactly what he was talking about there. He's saying, man, we've gotta do that because God isn't about us just, he wanted to be a part of our life or being first in our lives. And this is my theology. So many times I've, I've said, man, God just wants to be first in your life. God does not wanna be first in your life. God wants to be your life. God is not looking for a portion. He's looking for all of it. And some of us, we're, we're kind of, we're giving God like a rock like this when He say, man, you're the, the, I want you to build your life on me. You can't build your life on this. You got to build your life on something like this. You got to get some foundation there. And that's going to be the number one priority in your life. Man, you've got to understand the purpose that I have for you. You've got to set the priorities in place. And lastly, man, you've got to work the plan. Man, you've got to stick to that time, that thing. Because how many times have we gone to a seminar or gone to a church service and heard something good and been like, man, that's awesome, and then never done anything about it. We've bought the DVD packet. It's sat on the shelf. We've, we've bought something else. It's been in the cellophane for the last 27 years, and we have never, ever done anything with it. And God is saying, you know what? It's not just cool just to give me lip service, man. You've got to put some action to those things. It's got to become part of your life. Back in the day, people used to use these things called day planners before we had iPhones and iPads and half of what you guys are writing on right now. And uh, when Daytimer did all this research, they said one third of people schedule their life. Of that third of people that schedule their life, only actually follow through in that schedule. So a third of the people schedule their life, and then basically a tenth of them, so 3% of the world schedules their their life and follows through. It's time for us to start following through on the purpose and plan that God has in our lives and putting those priorities in place and saying, you know what, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to work this plan. And that's why it's so important for me to schedule those things and get it in there to make sure that God is there living and breathing in my daily schedule, that it is a part of my life. Because here's the deal, man. Someday, our life is gonna be gone. And I don't know about you, but I've walked through a lot of cemeteries. And cemeteries are really interesting places to walk through because you see headstones. And you read about a person, you get their name and maybe a little saying, but more than anything, you get the year they were born and the year they died. And in between is a dash. That dash represents everything that they accomplished in life. Everything that they wanted to do, everything they dreamed to do, in everything they failed to do. I don't know about you, but I don't want people to remember me by the, the beginning date or the end date. I want them to remember me by the dash. But the things that I did accomplish in life And knowing that that God has given us a beginning and an end. Those are definite. But the thing that we get to choose is how do we live out the dash? What are you going to do with your dash today? Are you going to squander it? Are you going to partly use it? Are you going to maximize it? And if you think about your life, what really matters most? Schedule your life around the things that matter most. And let me close with this: Revelation 3:20 says this. It says, "Look, I've been standing at the door, and I am constantly knocking." If anyone hears me calling him and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. Jesus says, you know what? I'm at the door and I'm knocking on some of your hearts right now. He's right there. He's standing right there at your life knocking. But what's happened is we've been living life to the extremes We've been living at such a fast pace that because we're living like that, we've missed him standing there the entire time. You're like, I don't miss him. Man, we miss things all the time. I was driving not too long ago and I was late for something and I was speeding and I passed a cop going the same direction. I miss him, but he sure as heck didn't miss me. And so many times we're so busy trying to get somewhere in life that we miss what's right in front of us. Don't let this be a day that you miss out on what God wants to do in your heart and in your life. Don't let it be, wait till the moment when you're on your deathbed and you finally see Jesus knocking on your heart. I mean, he'll answer it then. Don't let it be when your marriage fails that you finally see Jesus knocking on your heart. I mean, he'll answer it then. Why wait till it gets to that point? Answer the door today. Answer the door today. And let Him come in and let Him fellowship with you and let Him change your life. Let Him reprioritize your life and get first things first. So that we can finally live with some margins, so that we can have balance in life. Let's pray.